This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens has become one of my favorite parts of my morning routine, and I love sipping on it while I make my first cup of coffee in the morning. As all of you know, I like to prioritize eating whole foods when it comes to my nutrition, but it can be really hard to get fresh produce and high-quality food when you live on the road like I do, or when you travel to remote climbing areas and go on climbing trips like we're talking about in today's episode. One scoop of Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I think of it as all-in-one nutritional insurance. If I take Athletic Greens in the morning, I know I'm covered, and I love the peace of mind that gives me for the rest of the day. To make your decision easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nugget. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash nugget to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode is also brought to you by Rhino Skin Solutions. This stuff is my go-to when it comes to taking care of my skin for climbing. I use the repair cream religiously. I put it on almost every single night, all the time after climbing. I use it multiple times a night if I'm climbing in a sharp and crimpy area like Waco Tanks, where I am right now. I'm finally recovering from my bicep tendon injury and am climbing again on the rock. And of course, my skin, my baby skin after being injured is getting torn up by the sharp rock, and that is where Rhino Skin Solutions comes into play. It's a lifesaver. If you want to level up your skin game, head over to rhinoskinsolutions.com to check out their great line of products and enter code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next order. That's rhinoskinsolutions.com. Use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next order. And if you want to learn more about how to use Rhino products, I recorded an episode with the founder, Justin Brown, who's a friend of mine, way back in episode 22 of The Nugget. So you can check that out to learn more. One final time, rhinoskinsolutions.com to check out their products. Use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off the best skincare products in the game. Hello, friends. Welcome to the first Fundamentals episode. Today, we are talking about how to go on a climbing trip. Jesse, what was the very first climbing trip you ever went on? Oh, I think like the very first climbing trip I ever went on was like maybe to Smith Rock with like the outdoor uh, club at, at the college I went to in probably August or something <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Not super notable, but uh, the one that sprang to mind when we were talking about this was um, I went to Thailand quite a long time ago. I'd only been climbing for a couple of years. And the reason that trip is so memorable is I went for like maybe two weeks and, or three weeks. And uh, the day I got to like the climbing area, if, you've, if, if people have ever been to Tonsai, it's like there's basically like a bunch of different beaches and then the beaches are separated by like jungle. So you can either walk this road on the top or you can walk the, the beach like at night 
or if the tide is out. And, and it was night when I got there. So I was like, well, I'm going to walk the beach because I'm like in, in Thailand. So it'd be cool to walk on the beach. And I immediately like slipped on a wet rock and broke my toe. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then spent the whole time climbing with a, one shoe and like with my other foot barefoot, <laughs> just like flagging with it and like dangling it. And that's um, that's like a terrible recommendation of of a trip. Like, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Um, don't break your toe on day one. Yeah, don't break your toe on day one. I also didn't have a partner and it's sport climbing. I was just like, mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still managed to have like a really good trip. I had like a great time. The climbing's super steep, so I didn't suffer too much for only having one leg basically. Um, and it, it like worked out. So I don't know, optimism, I guess, is the takeaway from that. What, what about you? What's the trip that springs to mind for you? Uh, my very first, I think it was my very first climbing trip was to Bishop, California. I can't remember. I, it must have been, I can't remember if it was just a few months into climbing or if it was a year and a few months into climbing. I can't remember which year it was, but I, I really do think it was my first like actual climbing trip. Uh, my friend Ruthie invited me. I was like, what is Bishop? I had no idea. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't even know that going on a, like a, this was a bouldering trip. Um, I didn't know that that was a thing really. I couldn't like conceptualize that. I'd been to Leavenworth and had climbed on rocks, but the whole entire thing was new. We, you know, there's like five of us packed into Ruthie's parents' minivan. Um, we broke like, you know, it's like an epic journey from Bellingham down to Bishop. It would turn into like a 24 hour drive yeah, or something long. through the night. and we broke multiple sets of chains and they're, you know, we're like making up like rap beats to the sound of the chains hitting the wheel well, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. How long was it a week? It was, it was spring, it was winter break. So it was probably like 10 days. Okay. And then we got yeah. home in time for Christmas sort of thing. That's yeah, almost worth that drive. Yeah. <laughs> 24 hour drive. I don't know if I'd do it now, but we were yeah. so, but it was so much fun. I mean, as far as like the climbing trip is, you know, it, it was a total shit show, like in basically every way, but it's one of the most memorable trips I've been on. And I fell in love with rock climbing in a completely different way through, through that journey, through that trip. So yeah, the, a, a total failure as far as like executing the climbing goes. Uh -huh. And that doesn't matter at all when I look back at it. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I feel like the, maybe the commonality between our two stories is like your first few trips are are often kind of a mess. It's not, it's like not unusual. And it's because the, all the, like the logistics piece is so important and it's just hard to get better at that without like kind of, you know, breaking some eggs, I guess. <laughs> I'm mixing my metaphors there, but. <laughs> is there, I mean, would you change anything? Is there anything that you wish you had known at the start or, or in the planning phases of the Tonsai trip? Well, two years later, I went back with a partner with like my, my partner at the time. So that, that worked out a lot better. I didn't have to like bum belays off the beach and I didn't break my toe. So, uh, I mean, it's funny cause the toe thing is like less of a climbing decision and more of just like a generally make good decisions, you know, like don't walk on a dark, wet beach in a foreign country. Um, <clears throat> and for sport climbing, I guess it, it kind of illustrates the importance of, uh, having good partners, which is like generally a crux with sport climbing, but it's extra important with a, a sport climbing trip. And we'll get into that more in the, mm. in the sport climbing fundamental, I think. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be ready to learn from these things and expect them to be maybe not perfect the first go around. Mm -hmm. I'm, you've been back to Bishop, right? A bunch of times and I'm sure yeah. you've had better trips and same deal when I went back to Tonsai, it's like everything's familiar. Mm -hmm. It's easier to go somewhere a second or third or fifth or whatever 
time. Totally. Because you just learn your way around. You know where to go get groceries and you know the roads and everything. Mm-hmm. It makes life easier. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I've been back to Bishop many times. I've taken a lot, you know, I've, I've corrected a lot of things from that first trip, but um, but I don't think I would change anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really memorable trip. And it's like even the even the things that were objective disasters just stand out in your memory right Mm -hmm. it's it's like a um you take the good with the bad i guess like it is kind of a mess but also the first time that you're in the buttermilk at sunset and it's like really the light show you know like you never forget that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we were just there not too long ago and and sunset was great and everything but it was like halfway over and I was like, all right, let's go. We got to get, we got to get dinner. It's like not as special as it is the first time when you're just like suffering in your cotton sweatshirt, you know, and you're just like, hmm, I probably should have brought some other clothes, (laughs) you know, but the sunset's incredible. Right. Yeah. For context for people, I think the hardest thing I climbed on that first trip was V3, maybe like King Tut or Funky Tut or something like that. Hard, hard. Yeah. Um, But I tried to climb harder than that and I, I couldn't and um, it didn't matter. It was, it was so much fun. Okay, so we are going to cover some of our top tips, things that we have learned about going on a climbing trip. And then we're going to talk about some pitfalls that we either have experienced ourselves or see in other climbers. And then wrap up with a summary, our number one tip to take away. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Did I miss anything? Sounds, no, it sounds good. Let's start with your tips. What are your tips for people when it comes to going on a climbing trip? And this could be people that have never been on a climbing trip and have been learning how to climb and training in the gym. Or this could be for people who have relatively less experience going on climbing trips than people who travel and climb outside all the time. Right. Um, and maybe you're still missing some of the the things that you've learned over all these years and all these trips. Right. So, so I'll just, uh, kind of dive into my list here. And one of the big things that, that I was thinking about when I was taking notes for this is to set the tone for the trip early. So I kind of tried to make my, my tips here make sense for different lengths of trips. Uh, oh God, tips and trips. Um, so for a, a weekend trip or like a two, three day trip, um, setting the tone for me would be like open with a confidence builder kind of root or problem, you know, and not like get in too deep, but like make sure that I'm going to like put something in the bank because, uh, weekend trips are all about time management basically. Right. If you just like go straight to whatever your project is, that's probably all you're going to do. You're going to like run out of energy. Mm. It's very rarely a rest day in a weekend trip. Um, so I would like set the tone by like trying to put something in my pocket that I could take home unless I, you know, this is in sort of a first trip context. If I've been there a bunch of times, I might not do that. To be clear, so this is like picking a easier project that you can probably do yeah, um, and making sure you accomplish something before going to like the harder thing. If, if yeah. that's where you're... I mean, I like to think more in terms of like, maybe this is just because I've been climbing a while, but I think more in terms of like, what will I remember really fondly, you know? Mm. And I kind of try to like do a classic more than worry about like a, the word project doesn't really spring to mind for me. And I do, I do the same, we're here in Waco, I do the same thing here all the time. It's like every day I want to do like one, one thing that I'll write in my logbook and I like will remember what that problem is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like look at my logbook later and be like, what the hell is this? You know, like clown shoes left or whatever, like what the <laughs> fuck is that? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm going to remember at least one problem 
um, every day if I can. And same thing for this tip. It's like, just, you know, pick something, put it in your pocket. Even if it's like, you know, if this is a repeat trip, even if it's like repeating something that's like really high quality, I think that's worthwhile. Um, but just set the tone for the trip. That's the general tip. And I have how that applies to the other lengths of trip too. And then I'll maybe bounce it back to you. Okay. So for a, a week trip, this is something I've uh, given to a lot of people that I, a lot of clients that I work with and a lot of like people I've consulted with and people don't like it, but it works really well, I think. Um, for a week trip, always rest the second day, full rest. Like you can go out to the climbing, you can look at the climbing, but don't start your trip with two days on. Mm. Very, very hard to do, especially if you've never been to that place before, but so worth it because if you dig your the hole of your skin and your energy too low on that second day, you're done for the week. Mm. Like your skin will never, if you get like a bunch of splits and flappers on like day two, your skin will never claw its way back mm -hmm. for the whole week. Yeah. So always rest that second day. Um, I've even gone on trips where I rest the second day and then I take like a light day on the third day. And that's pretty good because then like you can pretty much go hard for the rest of the week, depending on, you know, how old you are and everything. Um, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. It works so well. <clears throat> if you can just, basically it's all about holding the psych back. That's <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it's, it's funny. I'm immediately thinking like, wow, the most successful week of climbing I've ever had was, and I won't get into it because I want to share this, um, when we talk about bouldering in another episode, but, um, was this week in Bishop that I had in 2017. And I did that involuntarily because it rained on the second day. Mm -hmm. I had like this amazing first day and I was so psyched. Yeah, And then it rained on day two and I just hiked up to the boulders and looked at the project I was gonna try on the third day yep. and just, you know, cemented the, the holds in my mind and visualized them and just carried all that psych with me into the third day. And it was, it just kept yep. rolling from there, but. Yeah, I think yeah, patience in general is so like underrated, an aspect of of elite performers, um, and and this whole setting the tone tip, I think patience is a big part of it. So on a longer trip, I think what that looks like is if you're somewhere for like a month or like six weeks, your first week, or if it's longer, maybe even your first like two weeks, should really just be about like getting acclimated, like getting your groceries and figuring out where you get your water and like learning your way around. Like we're in, again, we're in Waco and like this place is a freaking maze. And a lot of the time you have a guide, but if you're on North where you're guiding yourself, like there's a lot of little nooks and crannies. It's pretty easy to take a bad way to something and be like blasted for the, for the day kind of. Right, like pushing three crash pads through like a gnarly tunnel or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you could have just gone around. Or like how many times have you like hiked up a huge slab here and then you like look down and the boulder you're trying to go to is like a hundred <laughs> yards off to your left, like on the next tier down. And you're like, yeah. well, I'm just gonna turn around and walk back down that slab I went up. So yeah, spend like the first week just kind of learning your way around and I think it's important, like you mentioned this, to make contact with your projects. Definitely go put your eyes on them, you know, learn the landing, learn the aspect, get used to it, maybe touch the holds if you can touch them, but don't necessarily feel like you have to try it yet. Mm. You're going to be like, you're still on the up in that first week or two, you know, and you're going to be better later. So, mm. um, you know, it's not the end of the world if you try them, but I try to hold back a little bit. What is, when you're um, acclimating for that first week or two on a longer trip, what does your climbing look like? Uh, so again, I, I chase classics for sure. Um, and I try to learn like good warm up areas. So Waco is stacked with good warm up areas. So I actually love like, if I find a little cluster in the guidebook of like high star, easy things, I'll go there and I'll get them all dialed. And then like when you come back on your project day, 
you, there's like no question at all. You just like hammer out the warmups because you know them all. Mm. And I mean, like, obviously, you know, we both can climb V3 really easily, but still like having no questions, knowing like which parts of the holds are sharp will cut you, like knowing where to top out and where to down climb. That stuff all like speeds up your day mm. and it makes you a lot more confident. So I'll definitely try to do that stuff in my first couple weeks. Uh, and then skin conditioning is probably the bulk of the rest of it. Hmm. Um, so I, I like to like let my outdoor skin kind of come in and that takes you know, 10 days or something. Yeah. Me, so, but you're, you're staying away from like limit level things for the most part. Yeah. If I'm like here, it's different. Cause you go on tour and there's like this, um, I can't think of what the word is, but like, you know, it has this feeling of like, you're not going to be able to come back to things. So you like have to try it right now. Mm-hmm. And that'll kind of suck me in a little bit sometimes, but you know, I'm still, I'm not going to spend like three hours on a project or something in those first couple of weeks. Yeah. That's smart. I really hold back the psych. That's like the general, general tip. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'm injured because I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very good tip, people. <laughs> Heed that one. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, on the note of like injury or weather, I guess those would be two of the injury. Maybe is within your control sometimes, but sometimes it's not, and the weather's definitely not. So just you know, get ready to embrace whatever happens with the trip. I mean, you you. You did get hurt right when you got here, but like we've already talked about it a few times and like your your attitude about it is so good. You've clearly like been around the block, you know? Mm. Sometimes you show up and you get like a flapper on the tip of one of your fingers and the first, I did that in Waco a few years ago. And then it's like, well, cool, I'm only here for a week. Mm-hmm. So I'll mm-hmm. just be taping that tip for the entire week, <laughs> you know? But that's happening. It's like classic stoicism, you know? Right. Okay, that happened. Just now move on. what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just move on. Mm-hmm. Do the best you can with what you got. And same with the weather. Sometimes you show up and the weather just turns for the worse and you just have the best trip you can, basically. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. Uh, do you want to bounce back and forth or do you want me to just rattle them out? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in because that actually feeds into... That's, that's really closely tied to my first tip, which is um, the number one for me, which is be open. Mm. And of course it depends. Like if you've been climbing for a long time, if you've been to an area a number of times, for me, then it starts to make sense to have like a specific agenda with an, with an area. Like I want to go back here for a month and try to take down this project, you know, mm-hmm. or for a week or however long you have. I know it's, it's um, we're, we're lucky to be able to spend so much time um, in these areas climbing. Um, but yeah, be open, especially if you're, new to outdoor climbing, if this is one of your earlier trips or your first trip, you know, it's, it's, it happens so often and it's great. Like you buy the guidebook, you read through the guidebook and you put like a hundred climbs on your to-do list. You know, you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this, 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 this." and they're all like the hardest things you've ever climbed. Mm -hmm. And they're all like these amazing classics. That's great. Like have eyes bigger than your stomach, be really psyched, but also try to be really open to the experience, the entire experience of the trip and what that's, um, the, all the amazing enriching things that can come out of it that are not about the climbing or not just about the climbing. Totally, yeah. You know, you might be totally surprised. Like the things that you thought you'd be psyched on might be too hard or they might be, you know, really far away from where your friends want to climb or et cetera, et cetera. There, there might be, your, your, your trip could go in so many different directions and those could all be amazing directions just be open to having a lot of new experiences and being shaped by the experience of the trip rather than trying to 
hold on to control. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think in my climbing adolescence, I was like super focused on what climbs I was going to do. But when I think back to those trips, I rare, that's rarely the first image that like springs to mind. Mm. You know, like I went to Rocklands a few years ago and like when I just say the word Rocklands, like a boulder doesn't, that I did doesn't pop into my mind necessarily Mm. before Mm. like sunsets and like getting chased away from a boulder by baboons and like (laughs) shit like that, you know, that's, that's the stuff. That's really the, the reason that I do it, even though I love climbing the boulders too. But, and I mean, those those images pop up too, but they're not the first thing that I think of. I usually think of the other stuff. Totally. Like that first experience for me in going to Bishop for the first time, you know, I, I think I had climbed maybe V3 or four in the gym and was really hoping to climb V4 outside because I, I don't think I had yet mm-hmm. and had like a, you know, a, a very strong number goal going into that trip. And I mean, like we were talking about a second ago, I have a hard time even remembering what I climbed on on that trip. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have I don't have memories seared into my brain about specific climbs that I did. What I do remember is the epic trip down there in the van and mm-hmm. all the funny games that we played to stay sane, um, going to the hot springs and soaking in the hot springs outside under the stars Definitely. and going to Shatt's Bakery and getting like day old pastries and stuff for like $3 and... I've grown up a lot. Like I probably wouldn't go back and live off of day old pastries from Schatz now, but I'm so glad I did that. Mm-hmm. That was so fun and so memorable. And that that first trip, like I fell in love with what the climbing lifestyle could be. Yeah. You know, as much as I fell in love with rock climbing, it was like, whoa, this is cool. This is really fun. I could do more of this, you know, if I yeah. if I continue to choose to um, prioritize it. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's my number one. Um, should I, should I keep going? Should I add a couple more? Yeah. Yeah. Do another one. Uh, my number two is climb some easy things. I think that gets missed sometimes, especially if you're someone who has climbed in a gym a lot and has gotten quite strong and now you're finally going on a climbing trip, it's really tempting to just go after the hard thing that you want to do. And that's great if that's where your psych is at but that doesn't have to be incompatible with climbing some easy things. Go explore, do some easy stuff for the warmups. If you're only there for a week or a few days, do different warmups every day. Just get on top of a lot of boulders or clip some chains on some easy routes and really try to just get a feel, like experience the area a little bit more than just trying one climb. Yeah, and it'll teach you a lot about the area too. Mm -hmm. Just climbing on easy stuff in a lot of areas anyway. Yeah, I think that's I think that's important. And just to touch on the whole like, you know, project your heart out or do a ton of mileage thing, like something I talk with a lot of um a lot of people I consult with uh is like values and like letting your values drive what you choose to do. Because uh, I do work with clients who like, you know, their hardest boulder is like eight A plus or like B twelve and like all they wanna do is V twelve and they wanna like go on a trip and climb V twelve. And they're going to like go out into their local area and try to climb V12. And there could be like a sick V9, like right next to it. And they're like not psyched on that. They want to do the hard thing. Totally cool. You know, that's not like how I approach my climbing. That doesn't mean it's like good or bad to do it that other way. But I do think if you're going to go on a trip, especially to a new area, it will probably make you climb better on your projects if you invest a little bit of time in the easier stuff Mm -hmm. too, you know? There's just so much to learn and then you at least you'll be like warmed up. <laughs> so it's like, I think that's valid advice no matter what your values are. 
and maybe that's a maybe that's a good tip for going on a trip is just to pay some attention to what your climbing values are sort mm. of know what you're looking for in your climbing life yeah that's a great tip for all of us yeah in, that's a that's a hard thing to answer if you're a, on your first climbing trip that's a deep life <laughs> tip tip right there no so doubt. you know a deep life question to ask yeah i try to bring the philosophy to, to the podcast <laughs> i know you do that's why you're here um i'm going to share one more because you already mentioned it and it resonates and i um i had it written down too i think it's great um, another one of mine is to go look at tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't have to try it all. You don't mm -hmm. have to climb on everything. But if you're on a week trip, you know, you could, if you have to work, then that's one thing. But if you, if you're choosing between just sitting in the coffee shop on a rest day and like playing checkers or something versus, you know, being active, just at least a couple of those extra rest days just go hike around and look at tons and tons of yep. potential areas, climbs, just really get your eyes on the place that you've gone out of your way to go visit and really um, yep. get a good sample of that. Just, it's it's just so fun. It, it's so exciting. It might completely change the trajectory of your trip. You know, you see something that looks amazing that you have to go try. Yeah, they look yeah. different in person a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, here, it's funny here in Waco, like a lot of the time you're getting guided by like a somebody who knows their way around, you know? And we were getting guided the other day and uh, the guy was like, oh, do you want to see like such and such a boulder? It's like right over there. And I was like, yeah. And we like drop our pads and run over. And then later he's like, do you want to go look at this thing? It's like right over there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show, like show me that thing. He's like, you you like this, huh? And I'm like, oh yeah, dude. Like I haven't climbed all the boulders and I'll never climb all the boulders, but like, damn, I'm going to look at all the boulders. I'm for <laughs> sure. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try yeah. to like look at more boulders than anybody else if I possibly can. <laughs> Because I've reached that point in my life where I know I'm not going to climb them all, right? Yeah. There's like an opportunity cost. So I really want to know like, what are the sickest ones and how mm -hmm. do I get to them? You know, mm -hmm. it's valuable data. Totally. Should we go back to you? Uh, yeah. So my next one is um, minimize the decisions that you have to make right after climbing. So when you're on a trip, depending on depending on where you are and how hard you're going, most of the time people like finish climbing and they're like wrecked, you know, especially if it's like a weekend trip. So if you're going on a really short trip, like you need to have your food situation, your water situation, I guess your beer situation, if you're into that, whatever it is, you need to have all that stuff like figured out before you go climbing. Don't be like rolling back to the campsite at like 830 and like rummaging around in a bin for like a ramen packet, you know, at least like know that you're going to make ramen tonight and like have it ready to go. Um, and when I used to go on weekend trips, I would always try to food prep so that my meals were just like dump it in a pan, heat it up, you know, and this is like when I was camping, you know, just make it really easy on yourself. Um, or like make a plan with your friends to like go out after climbing, whatever it is, you know, but have that stuff figured out. Like if you can avoid it, um, always have your, your like campsite or whatever, like locked down. Don't like go climbing and then try to find a place to camp. That mm. is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, just anything you can do to make your life easy after climbing is going to make you recover better and you're going to climb better the next day. Um, and the same is, the same is basically true of like breakfast in the morning, you know, or whatever, like whatever you need to do in the morning before you go climbing, like just try to have all that stuff figured out. Um, so I guess kind of related to that is <laughs> my note that I wrote is try to avoid survival mode, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is like. I don't know. I guess the anecdote that springs to mind is like, um, have you ever known people who are in Bishop and they're like up in the buttermilks and they like have a flat or they like ran out of water or something, or they're like 
you know they're they're like stranded up there and they're like trying to get signal so they can like call their friends and be like please like bring me some water and some food i'm like trapped in the milks um mm-hmm. try to avoid doing that <laughs> <laughs> have some extra water in your car like i feel like i talked about this when i was on the main podcast but like you know general a little bit of boy scout be preparedness mm-hmm. is, will go a long way on a mm-hmm. climbing trip so yeah, don't be that guy that gets stranded in the in the buttermilk. Yeah, I mean it's funny. I'm like hearing. You, I don't know why I feel like playing devil's advocate right now, but um, no, do it. That's why we're here. But those those, <laughs> yes, try not to have like epics. I guess try not to have epics. But also epics are so fun, <laughs> especially when you're in your twenties. You know? Yeah. You're like, wow, that yeah. was a shit show, but we're gonna remember it, and we all like survive together. You know? Well, like me breaking my toe in Thailand is a is a great example of like an avoidable mistake but yeah once it happens it's true you kind of embrace it and like run with it and everything but like do what you can to avoid it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) okay do your due due diligence you know you want it to be a climbing trip not like a survival like backpacking kind of thing you know like Mm -hmm. one of those uh reality tv shows where people are like (laughs) 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 eating squirrels or whatever don't don't do that Awesome. I have one more. How are you doing on tips? Uh, I, I have one more, but it's kind of a, a repeat of something you said. So I think you should do yours. Okay. Mine, and it's, well, I'll just say it and then I'll um, talk about how it relates to my own brain. But my last tip is to measure the success of the trip in experiences and not in sends. Hmm especially early on like and i i almost gave a caveat because now i'm not the best at doing this all the time um because i live on the road and i have a lot more i have goals and some of my trips are very goal oriented and they are about well on paper they're about sending but i mean that is what the climbing lifestyle is all about it's being out there and enjoying being out there and enjoying the process because the sends are never they're never enough. They never come often enough. They never, you know, um, fill you up long enough. Um, but anyway, the, the point, the point of that one is that all of my earliest trips, the trips that have had the most impact on me as a person, on my, on how climbing influenced my decisions and my future. And, you know, the trips that made me fall in love with climbing as a way of life, it was not about what I sent on those climbs. There's some really potent, amazing memories of sending, you know, that is part of it, but it's all those other little things. Um, It's the people you meet, the unexpected new friends. It's the fun stories around the campfire. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's all that stuff. And, and if you go into a trip looking for that or realizing that that is, the measure of success is in those experiences. It just takes so much pressure off too. And then you can really be present and just enjoy yeah. your first trip. And you're going to go back. Like if you if you go to a place, it feels like you only have a week and everything is riding on these precious climbing days that you have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're young, you're getting stronger, you're getting better at climbing. You're probably going to go back to these areas. If you love these areas, yeah. you're going to have tons of time to send all those things and... Um, it's not worth stressing over. Yeah. That's, I think that's great. And so, and so important. I love how tied together a lot of these are. And that made me think of something, um, while you're talking, which I, I didn't write in here, but actually it's good. It's a good piece of advice for going on a climbing trip, but set like process oriented goals instead of like achievement oriented goals. 
So like when I came to Waco, my my goals were like, I want to like see different wildlife that I haven't seen here before because there's some really, really cool wildlife here. I wanted to like go to West because I'd never been to West in, in my other trips here. Um, and I wanted to like climb a certain number of like things that I consider to be a style that I'm not good at, but it'll like an easy grade, like things that I, I knew were like fairly achievable and more about my day to day rather than like my, um, like, you know, top end, like projecting or whatever. And, and this kind of goes into my like tick list rant, which I won't get into here, but I just think, um, yeah, if you, if you really dig into more like about what the, the day is going to be like, the climbing day is going to be like, it's mostly made up of not sending. And so I think your goals should be mostly made up of not sending too. They should be made up of all the stuff that like goes around your sending. Like I know deep down what boulders I want to do. I don't need to like write that down on a list that's infinitely <laughs> long. <laughs> and if, if you're the kind of person who writes infinitely long tick lists, here's an exercise you can do that will probably get you to stop doing that. You probably know roughly how long it takes you to climb a certain grade. So take your tick list that you've made for this place and multiply each of the things on the list based on the grade by how long, how many days climbing days it takes you to do that grade and do that for the whole list and see how many climbing days you need to do all those things you put on that tick list it's going to stretch like into oblivion mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not like so yeah. just scrap the list follow your intuition like you're you know deep down the ones that you want to do you don't need to you don't need to make a list you know mm. I respect making a list. I've done that a million times on trips and stuff. But these days I'm just like, you know what? Like, I know what I want to do. It's mm. it's in there. I don't need to stress myself out by like making it. I know I know. I like to have a chalkboard like you have a chalkboard too. Well, now my chalkboard the... just has all my PT exercises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, usually it would have like your, your big things you want to do. And I do believe in writing that stuff down. But when it comes to trips, I don't really believe in making like a firm tick list mm. necessarily. Yeah. And that leaves more room for, you know, like you said, be open that leaves more room for you to sort of be like, whoa, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. It's not on my list, but it looks fucking cool. I'm going to try it. You know, there's more space for that if you're not like, shit, I got to save energy because I have to do like Narnar, whatever other thing over mm-hmm. in the other place. Yeah. Have so. you, it's interesting. I'm, have you had a trip where you had a really specific objective or list of climbs you wanted to do and actually done those climbs and actually had a great experience, a great trip? Uh, I've had, I can think of one. I've had one where I went into the trip and it's that same Bishop trip. I had very clear goals. Mm -hmm. I accomplished all the goals and more, had the best time and it was amazing. Um, And that was absolutely the outlier. Like all of my other climbing trips have been like, I thought I wanted to do this, but then I totally pivoted because of the weather or I totally pivoted because of the psych or because of my fitness level or what I, you know, yada, yada, yada. And um, a lot of my favorite trips that I think back on were total pivots from what I had intended yeah. going into them. You kind of rolled with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that speaks to how complicated it is to climb well on a trip because I, I haven't had a trip where I like did everything that I wanted to do. And it's like that whole eyes are bigger than your stomach thing, like you mentioned, for sure. My tick lists were always just like, you know, majestic in their proportion. And I have had seasons where I've done everything that I wanted to do or like years where I've done everything I wanted to do mm. at home, but not on a climbing trip. I think on a climbing trip, I, I historically have like kind of gone above and beyond. Now I'm getting smarter because here I am in Waco for six weeks and like I've already, I think I've already checked off all my process goals that I made. Mm. So now I'm like open to like trying really hard stuff. 
Sweet. Hopefully. Right. Um, and I don't need like a list to tell me what that is. Like I've been here for a long, I've been here for a few weeks. I know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah. If you can, if you can make that list of goals and it's so perfectly calibrated that you tick off every one, like, yeah, go for it. Your, your goal setting skills are, are good. They were once <laughs> one, one time. Yeah. I mean, one time. Yeah. <laughs> N equals one is like, yeah. Yeah. And we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Petzl. I have been using Petzl harnesses, quick draws, and belay devices for more than a decade. I love this company and their products. And today I want to talk about helmets. One of the things we love about climbing is the unknown. Is that hold a jug or a sloper? Am I too pumped to do the next move? Am I good enough to climb this route? We live for the unexpected. But the unexpected isn't always a good thing. No one expects to hit their head while climbing. Impacts to the front, side, and rear of the head happen when you least expect it. A foot slips, your rope snags on a rock, and you find yourself somewhere you don't want to be. That's why Petzl goes above and beyond UIAA and CE helmet standards to give you an extra level of protection on the top and side of their helmets. Top and side protection comes standard in their entire helmet lineup. So whether you are in the mountains or at the crag, you can experience the difference with Petzl. You can learn more and shop for Petzl helmets at your local climbing shop or online at Petzl.com. Com. Again, shop for Petzl helmets at your local climbing shop or online at Petzl.com. Experience the difference with Petzl. And now back to the show. I hope what we've been sharing, I, I realize that I'm kind of like looking through the lens of a bouldering trip because that was my first climbing trip. Mm. Um, I hope that what we've been sharing, I think, I think most of it is totally applicable to any kind of trip, a trad climbing so. trip. Yeah. We'll get into the trip. we'll get into the weeds a little bit more about them too. Yeah, well, not about trad, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we don't sorry. do that. Sorry, trad climbers. <laughs> uh, you can have somebody better than me on on uh, for that. <laughs> okay, uh, should we move on to pitfalls? Yeah, I think okay. we should. I have I have three good ones. Me too. Um, Go for it. Okay. So my first major pitfall with trips is uh, when people recommend climbs to you, keep in, keep in mind that people almost always recommend the things that they had good experiences on. Oh, that's such a good one. Not things that are like objectively good. Uh-huh. So learn your way around other people and their recommendations. If you have like close friends and you like have talked to them about a lot of different climbs, you're going to start to learn over time like what they're like when they recommend stuff. But if you're going somewhere and you just like stop at the taco shop or whatever and some some guys like oh yeah you got to do like such and such a thing and you're like lugging your pads to the ass end of the universe to try this thing and you get there and it's like much less than you expected well yeah that guy probably like flashed it and it was like his first flash of the grade or something so he just thinks that that problem mm -hmm. or, or root or whatever is like really good mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's just a random climb like be careful how much you let other people's expectations tinge your reality yeah that's a really good one. That's really good. The first place my mind jumped was the first time I went to the Red River Gorge. Mm -hmm. I just felt so, um, I was going to say betrayed. That's not the right way of saying it. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. There's a better word, but you know, I'd never been before. I was coming from Smith Rock. I had no idea what to expect. And I had asked a lot of people who had been there and spent time there. And I just felt like they completely mischaracterized mm -hmm. the red and what made the red challenging. You know, it was the whole like 
biggest jugs you'll ever fall off. Just train like ruthless jug fitness, you know? Yeah. And there is truth to that. Like you can find that experience at the red, but I went there and felt like I should have been doing a bunch of steep bouldering. Like yeah. my finger strength and my power were way too low for the cruxes. You still got to try hard. You, yeah. you still have to try hard. Yeah. I was like, this is burly. You know? I did that exact same thing training for Waco three years ago. Mm. I like did too much power endurance. And then I got here and the stuff that I wanted to try, I was like, shit, I can't do the crux of this problem. Mm. I can like, I could do the top like four times in a row, like a four by four, because that's like what I did. <laughs> but I like can't do the hard part in the middle. Like, oh, cool. Trips over. Right. Because people are like, oh, long, long, pumpy roofs. But yeah, yeah there there are those things here, but that's not yeah the median and it's, climb, climbing experience. Neither here nor there, I guess. But like we've said all these things about like going on a climbing trip and we haven't talked about training like at all. That's like a whole separate subject, right? Right, right, right. This is all just the logistics and the the process and stuff. Training yeah. for a trip is so hard. No, that that is a good point. I think it's, <laughs> I wonder what you would think about this. I feel like it's almost not even worth trying to train specifically for your trip if you've never been there before or if you've, hmm. or if you haven't been on very many climbing trips in general. Well, I mean, Yes and no. I think there's like a, there's a selection bias or an availability bias or something there because you did have skills going into the red from like red pointing at Smith. Like you knew how to clip bolts and how to hang dog and how to like do all this, you know, navigate the world of projecting a sport climb. Right. And that's not training, but it is training. You know what I mean? Sure. So you're going to generally know what you're up against. And like one thing that I did do right in that Waco trip a few years ago is I spent a lot of time climbing on a steep roof, right? Mm. So yeah, I couldn't do like my absolute limit projects, but I did like beast out a bunch of like longer stuff and like mm. flash some like super long roof problems and stuff. So like the endurance still helped, mm -hmm. but yeah, you're never going to get it like a hundred percent. Right. Right. Maybe just keep that in mind. It's, yeah. You're never going to get a hundred percent right the first yeah. time. And actually, you know what? I, I'll let you do two in a row, but I'm going to say my second one right now. Cause it like is really tied <laughs> into that. That's great. I'm just going to cut you off. Um, <laughs> My, my number two pitfall is don't train right up until the trip and mm. don't try to train, don't try to cram your training in like last second. It's yeah. not an exam that you can like cram for the night before, right? So, and I guess the positive way to spin this would be show up rested. Like if you're a week before a one week trip, the best thing you can do is just rest. Mm. You know, you're not going to like gain an acre of endurance in a week you know, maybe you could like try to climb at the angle that you're going to climb on, or you could try to like, if you're going on a sport climbing trip and you haven't been sport climbing, you should definitely try to get on a rope in that week. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do those tactical things, but like, I see so many people who are like just busting their ass in the gym, or I used to, when I used to climb in the gym more. And I'd be like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm leaving for Bishop like Saturday. And it's like Thursday. And they're like mm -hmm. doing laps on the, on a board. I'm like, dude, I'd be like on the couch. <laughs> like, well, you have a, yeah. you have like 10 hours of driving between you and this trip. Yeah. And you're going to try to recover from your board session, like on that 10 hour drive. That's your plan. Like, mm -hmm. No, you, 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 it's better to do less and like show up recovered. Yeah, totally. I, I think, I don't know where I heard this or if I'm, yeah, I don't know where I heard this, but um, I think something that I've done that's worked well for me, if I'm training up to a trip specifically, let's say I have like a, you know, eight week training block and then the trip, um, I'll taper for the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. The second, the second to last week will be like a, like two thirds volume, like 66%, whatever, roughly. Mm. And then the final week will be like 
33%, like one third volume of okay. what I was doing before. So I might, that might be like, if I'm training, I'm just making this up. So then math's probably not going to work out. But if I'm training four or five days a week, doing something mm -hmm. on four or five days, my second to last week might be like two days mm -hmm. or like three short sessions. My last week might be literally one session. That's a long or, taper. Or two really short sessions. I guess it, it really does depend on like what you're training and I don't want to go like too far into yeah. the minutia, but I, I would say that's a pretty long taper. So you should be feeling like pretty damn good. And then the intensity is like still pretty high. Yeah. So I'm, I'm keeping the intensity high, session volumes really low. And yeah. this would be, I'm thinking again of like a, a bouldering trip for, yeah. for that, but. One thing that I've done a lot as a taper, I know we're like way in the weeds, but is I always climb outside pretty much all the time. Um, especially when I was living in Bend and you can always climb outside year round. So like at least once a week I'm going outside. And during my tapers, often what I'll do is I'll just like cut my training out and keep climbing outside. Mm. And I won't add more days outside, you know, mm -hmm. but so I'm going outside like one day a week or two You're not replacing the training with exactly. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like you're still getting your skin conditioning. You're still like enjoying nature, yada, yada, and like moving over stone and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but your volume is like way lower. So you start to naturally kind of taper. Mm -hmm. And I get to like do the part that's the most fun anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so you should you should do some pitfalls. We spun out there. Okay. Um, we already talked about this in the process of sharing our tips, but one of the biggest pitfalls I think I've seen in, in other climbers, this is something I've done myself, uh, spending the entire trip on one climb. Um, especially if it's your first time somewhere, just try other stuff, explore other stuff, at least go look at a lot of other stuff. Um, it's that, it's that same thing we've been talking about. What? One-itis. One-itis. <laughs> and I mean, if you, if you're, you know, if your ambition, if your like passion is this one climb, that's fine. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you can't give quality tries on it anymore, see what else is around, do something. Or as part of the warm up, do something that's cool, that's new. I think there's a lot of value in that. And you'll remember, yeah, you'll remember those little highlights like that, that will really fill out the fee the feeling, the experience of the trip. Um, second pitfall, and I think actually this is probably relevant for any length of trip. Uh, second pitfall is climbing way too much. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I think most people are pretty good. If you've been climbing for a while at, you kind of learn what's sustainable for you and you kind of have like a rhythm that's working, um, hopefully. And then for whatever reason, we think that we can go on a climbing trip and triple that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I've been, yeah, I've been training three days a week for a couple hours in the gym and yeah. now I'm in Bishop and I'm gonna climb five days in a row for eight hours every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why is my skin all wrecked? Yeah, totally. And it's, I mean, it, it, there's a reason we all do it. We all do it. It's so much fun. You're there. You want to take advantage of the great weather and the great, you know, the great place and, and whatever. And that's great, but that is such an easy pitfall to fall into. And I mean, the worst case is you come out of the trip totally injured. I've done that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there's 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 kind of like, I, I don't know if hacks is fair to say, but there's almost like little hacks that you can do. Like I've already talked about this a lot in this conversation, but um, going and looking at stuff, like one of the best ways to not over climb is to sit down, take off your climbing shoes and go walk around and look at, look at cool stuff, you yeah. know, just go on a walk, look at other climbs, look at other routes, look at other boulders, whatever. 
you don't have to touch them all right this second. Um, and be genuinely interested in other people's climbing. Mm, that will great. eat so much time. Yeah. Which makes it sound <laughs> not very... <laughs> <laughs> not very altruistic when I put it that way, yeah. but no, but for, for real, I mean, like one of the coolest things about being on a climbing partner, uh, on a climbing trip with a partner, um, is like, we just kind of mix up who's trying stuff. And like, if, if she has low motivation, then like, maybe we go to my stuff. And if I'm, if I have low motivation, we go to her stuff. But even if we're both like really psyched on a given day in Waco tanks, like a full day of climbing is still like a lot between two people, you know? Yeah. And if I tried to do that all by myself, like the full day, like I just wouldn't make it very far past lunch probably. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and part of that is just because Waco is, Waco's Waco. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think that's a, a really good point. And it's, it's one of those things that um, maybe it's just you have to like do it a few times. Yeah. And like kind of learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's the point of fundamentals is for us to kind of like, <laughs> maybe we can shortcut people a little bit, mm -hmm. but uh, sometimes you just have to like be there at the end of the day and just be like, oh my God, like, why did I go to that fourth, fifth and sixth thing? Right. I like should have stopped, you know, mm -hmm. well, lesson learned. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add like kind of an add on to that point, climbing way too much. It's, you know, if you're there for a week, it's okay to treat a trip like a performance peak and kind of burn it down a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to climb at an unsustainable rate that you can't sustain the rest of the year. That's mm -hmm. fine. Like, that's fine. That's what you're training that's for. Normal. That's what yep. the trip is all about. But just be aware that that's what you're doing. So, on the other side of the trip, this is something that I've screwed up so many times is not respecting what I just put my body through yeah. and what I put my fingers through. And, you know, like the best trip of my life, I came out of it injured because I trained and trained and trained and then had this amazing week of, you know, five out of seven days of climbing and sent a ton of stuff. Um, and then didn't respect that that was like, you know, me going to like my own little personal Olympics and peaking. And then right. I needed to chill the fuck out after that. Right. If you I should have taken three weeks off and just relaxed and then like slowly eased back into training and climbing. Yeah. But instead I like came out of that trip thinking I've done it. I've leveled up. I'm awesome now. <laughs> you know, right. I can, I can just climb V10 whenever I want. Go now. try the next hard, hardest thing. Totally. Yeah. And then I actually, you know, the, the finger, it was a finger injury. It wasn't that bad coming out of the trip. And then I made it way, way worse mm -hmm. when I got home. Yeah. If you, if you average out the sends that you got in your trip, you know, if you're like, whoa, I climbed like however many hard things in a week, like that seems really sick. But actually it's like, you should be averaging it out, including all the time you spent training for the trip. <laughs> That's a and great then point. on the other end, all the time you spent recovering from the trip. Totally. So if you thrash yourself so hard on the trip, then yeah, if you're flying across the world to go to South Africa, then it's, yeah, worth it. When I came back from South Africa, I was like a melted puddle of like sinew. There was or if like, you have like a, you know, <laughs> if you have a nine to five, like I had at the time where I had like two weeks of vacation a year and I wasn't allowed to take them both at once. Yeah. So I had two one week trips a year. Yeah. Then like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna go hard and make it count. But right. just like what's, what debt are you willing to, to take on basically? Like right. a, a week of rest debt, like three weeks of rest debt, or you get like an injury and you have like, what, three months of mm -hmm. debt, you know? It's, we were talking about this the other day, but I think it's really helpful to think about that in, 
in um, the context of like what all the other sports do, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what everyone except for climbers does, mm-hmm. you know, gymnasts. Um, actually, I don't know what gymnasts do. I shouldn't speak about that. But any conventional sport, a marathon, you know, football players, um, basketball players, whatever, when they finish the playoffs or their big race or whatever it is, they chill afterwards. They chill for a while. And yeah. then their introduction back to the sport or to training is really gentle mm-hmm. and they progress it slowly and they kind of build back up the, the foundation and hit on those things that um, that keep your body ha- happy and healthy and working well that, that have been kind of neglected in the name of performance. Yeah. I think a lot of this, is, a lot of this kind of general stuff is more apt for like a week or a month. Because mm. like a lot of weekend trips, you're kind of like going back out the next weekend is like a pretty standard right, right, thing. Right. But I think That's those, true. you know, those, you'll get any kind of a flow if you're doing that. You'll sort of learn your way around that versus like the more precious trips that you don't get to go on as often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard. the The lens I think that I would choose to look at um, your your last pitfall there of climbing too much is like, yeah, the the recovery afterward is a problem. But also like within the trip, you know, there's a there's a pace that you can sustain or like an intensity that you can sustain, and you will tank the end of the trip if you like overdo it. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty valuable to to try to figure out what that intensity is and not like overdo it too early. You know, mm-hmm. you can ruin a month trip in the first three days. You can ruin a week trip in the first day, you know, just keep that stuff, keep that in mind and just keep in mind like how much time you have. That's the hardest thing to think about when you're like trying some sick route. Yeah. But like, keep in mind that you have more climbing ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Probably the best lens to look through that. And this is my third pitfall is, um, is your skin. Like there is just no resource as precious on a climbing trip as skin. And if you wreck your skin, it's, it's just like, it's like being in debt it is like being in financial debt. You are just constantly clawing your way out, you know, and you're, cause you're like trying to climb on not enough skin and you just never get back to baseline. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you can manage your skin well, chances are pretty good that you're managing like your energy and your recovery reasonably well too, unless you're just super gifted and you have like perfect skin, you know, which yeah. those people are out there. Those people are out there. Also, I think that idea, like skin is kind of a, proxy for energy and all these other things works really well in some areas but not others you know true true it does depend on like the zone yeah yeah like the, if the, you're probably the majority of places i think it's a pretty good barometer though yeah that's true yeah yeah unless you're climbing on wood or something <laughs> well see, yeah i'm just thinking of like i don't know some um maybe sandstone areas or something that are just friendlier and yeah. you can wear your body out before you wear your skin out but yeah it just depends what you're trying it, it, yeah, that's probably true. Gener- I'd say generally, <clears throat> it's worth thinking about. Yeah, you got um, one more. Yeah, I actually I'm going to replace my last one. We already talked about another one that I had written here, so I'm not going to mention that. But this is this is just kind of where my head's at, given what we've been talking about. This is more relevant for longer trips, um, maybe like two weeks or longer. I think I've done this on a week trip as well. I've, I've, this is a mistake I've made time and time again for bouldering trips, for sport climbing trips, is not getting the intensity right. Um, it's, it's the point that you just made. You know, I have done this so many times where I feel torn between trying to do a hard thing that I'm psyched on 
or trying to do mileage so I can experience the area and do a lot of cool classics. Mm -hmm. And then I end up somewhere kind of in between mm. where my whole trip is trying things that are pretty damn hard. And I just kind of beat myself to death mm. on those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it does. I just kind of stay at that like pretty hard intensity. I'm not really rested enough to give really quality tries on something that I'm truly inspired by. Right. And I'm not taking it easy and going around and cruising fun things. I'm kind of staying at that. Like, you know, for me, a lot of time it's like the V8 level or something. I can get mm -hmm. kind of stuck there. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, just um, over the course of the trip, it's like this steady decline. You know, that's when I knew right. I blew it. <laughs> well, there's almost always like a curve in a trip where it's like the first chunk of the trip, you're on the up, you're climbing better, you're getting more used to the area. Your skin is still good. You're still pretty fresh, you know, and then mm -hmm. somewhere you peak mm -hmm. and you rarely know when you peak, right? Yeah. And then often at the end of the trip, there's like a, like a downward curve because you're just totally tired. You want to sleep in your own bed again. I mean, you live in a van. So you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so you're not like resting enough. You're kind of trying yeah. to make the most of the last few days. And Yeah. And you're like carrying splits mm -hmm. forward and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, I guess the, the point or the, the anecdote to that pitfall is something that I've talked a lot with Steve Mesh about. That's mm -hmm. helped me a lot is to think of my days as easy, medium, or hard mm -hmm. days and, mm -hmm. and have some sort of intent around what I'm doing that day. Is yeah. this an easy cruise day where I go do fun things? Is this a hard day where I buckle down on a really inspiring hard climb? Or is this kind of a medium day where I pick a V7 or eight or something and try something challenging that I think I can do? Yeah, you almost have to have a long trip to even have that luxury, I think. Right, right. Like if you're if you're going to your on your first climbing trip, then there's a very good chance that every day is going to be a hard day. So if, if you're going on your <laughs> first true. climbing trip and you even have the concept that you could have a medium day or an easy day, like that's awesome. And you should definitely give that a try. Most people will probably just be like, Rage. I climb V4 in the gym, so hopefully I can climb like a V6 on this trip. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like what I expect. Hopefully yeah. I can climb these 10 V6s. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> this is, again, this is kind of out there, but... um. I think the the sunk cost fallacy of like throwing more time after more time on a project on trips is like mm. even more devastating than it is when you're on your home turf. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to look at those things objectively, you know, because we never know when we're going to do a, a route or a boulder, right? I mean, if it's truly hard for you, then you, maybe you get that glimmer. And I love that glimmer. It's like one of my favorite feelings, but you never really know on a trip if it's really hard. So it's hard to not just like, kind of flounder and like, you know, maybe I'll spend a third day on it. I'll spend a fourth day on it. I'll spend a fifth day on it. And then your trip's over and you're like, shit, mm -hmm. like, what did I do? <laughs> but if you want the biscuit, then that's like what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Risk it for the biscuit. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. We're coming up on an hour. Should we wrap this thing up? Let's do it. How do we do that? Do you want, <laughs> do we, do we share our number one? Yeah. Yeah. Our number one tip. Sure. And I'm going to change mine on uh, the buzzer. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So out of all the things that we've talked about, what, what do you want people to, what do you want to leave people with? What should people take away? What's your, your number one? My number one tip for, for going on a climbing trip is to set the tone early in the trip. Because I think that if you do that right, it really makes a lot of the other stuff that we've been talking about work a lot better. Mm. You know, if you can find the right intensity, the right, match of climbing and recovery, 
if you can like get your eyes on things and I'll do all that stuff that we've talked about in the beginning, like that could be the first day or the first week, depending on how long your trip is, then I think that, that just sets you up for success. So set the tone early. That's nice. Yours. Mine is be open. It's okay to have goals. It's okay to have climbs you are inspired by and want to do, but um, especially if it's one of your first climbing trips, just be open. Be open to new experiences. Be open to trying things that you didn't think you would try or being inspired by things that you didn't even know about beforehand. Yeah, just yeah, kind of be flexible. Right. I mean, with that, there's there's like an implied mindfulness, you know? Be aware mm -hmm. of how you're feeling, how you're thinking about different climbs. Be mindful of your own climbing and how that's going and whether or not the things that you thought you wanted to do were realis are realistic or sound fun yep. now that you have a feel of the area. so Yeah, that's just good advice yeah. for climbing in general. That's a fundamental right there. There we go. All right. Close it out. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I think that brings us to the end of chapter one. And next time we'll be talking a lot more in depth about bouldering trips, uh, specific tips and pitfalls, things that we've learned, things we wish we had known earlier when it comes to going on a bouldering trip and getting the most out of a bouldering trip. So yeah, we'd love to hear what you guys think of this. Hope it's helpful. Send us any feedback or questions. We'd love to hear it. And until next time, thanks for listening. See y'all.